The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation. Here's your host, Simon Pound. Did you know that one hour out on a little dinghy with an outboard petrol-powered motor is as damaging to the environment as having 38 new cars running for the same amount of time. Bananas! This fact led today's guest to change business tack. They had just developed the world's fastest electric jet board and decided to park launching that and use their tech to try to displace some of the millions of petrol-powered motors on little craft. Even if they only get 10,000 sold, that would have the same impact as removing 1.5 million cars from the road. It's a magic goal and a very cool bit of tech, an electric motor for tenders and small boats called ZeroJet. And we are joined by the co-founder and CEO, Bex Rempel, to talk the journey, the environmental impact, being better to our oceans, and what's next. Kia ora, thank you for joining us via Zoom. Hi, Simon. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, Bex, tell me about this first business. How was it that you started to be working out how to make an electric jet board? Uh, and, and what were you doing in, in another world first? Yes, well, we originally started out um, in Perth in Australia. We opened the world's first jet surf rental centre. So these were two-stroke petrol-powered motorised surfboards. And um, I made a video that went viral just before we launched that business, and it just went absolutely crazy. We were in TV, newspapers, magazines. We had people from all around the world calling us, wanting to buy them, wanting to set up their own rental businesses. And um, so we ran it for a season, and it was incredibly successful. But what we realized was obviously the big environmental impact that these two strokes uh, we're having in the water. We could see the unburned fuel leaking out. And also we had quite a lot of customer feedback of people saying, these things are amazing, um, but why don't you make them electric? And um, so Neil, my co-founder and partner, he's a mechanical engineer. And um, yeah, we, d- we decided that the, it was pretty clear from hearing the customer feedback um, that we should close that business and start developing our own electric jet board. And so that's what led us to closing that business and moving back to New Zealand and changing tech to the electric jet board. Wow. And, and how was it? Like, what started your love of things? As those, uh, those jet boards, the petrol-powered ones, um, 
pretty new tech and a pretty bananas kind of thing, aren't they? Like they, they go at a great tear and a great fun. How did you become interested in them in the first place? Um, I've got a bit of an adrenaline side to me and so does Neil. Uh, we're both kite surfers and I kite foil and used to surf and so, and done quite a lot of bungee jumping, et cetera. So yeah, when we saw videos of these jet surf boards quite, you know, I think that was about eight years ago now, uh, we just thought that it was the most incredible thing and uh, they cost $20,000 to buy. So we thought, you know, it's kind of like hot laps around a track. If you can't afford the car, you, you know, you pay a couple hundred bucks to do a couple of laps. Yeah, great. And, and so then having set that up and, and seeing the impact and deciding to kind of like close that business and, and, and come back home to New Zealand, um, how did you go about trying to create an electric jet board, the world's kind of first and best? That's a great question. Uh, we literally sat down at one point on a piece of paper and we were like, how do we build a global uh, jet ski company from scratch? <laughs> and um, yeah, you've just got to start somewhere. So um, Neil used to work at Buckley Systems, which is a, a New Zealand success story as well. So he spent about 10 years there and he had a lot of contacts from previous engineering mates. So he put together our original team, all, for, all ex Buckley Systems. And yeah, the guys, we've, we've bootstrapped for about three years. Uh, and just just worked really hard to to get an MVP and a, a basic product out there, and uh, we did raise a tiny tiny amount of capital for that. And ultimately, we built the world's fastest electric jet board that we know of uh, that went seventy kilometers an hour. Tell me about that test uh, and the kind of spectacular outcomes of it. <laughs> yeah, there were a few uh, few broken ribs actually in a couple of the tests. <laughs> <laughs> trying to push the limits. Neil was always the test pilot. Um, yeah, he had the uh, the most resilience and he was the best at riding the board. So, <laughs> And so you're kind of like, we've, we've had it, we've got a world record, 70 kilometres and three broken ribs. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no hospital visits, thankfully. <laughs> and how do you actually go about making an electric propulsion system for something that's going to go in the water and go in the water incredibly fast with water spraying up everywhere and getting it everywhere. Um, I'm, I'm not, not kind of a, an electrical engineer, but that sounds like potentially really hard and quite dangerous. <laughs> yeah, there, there are definitely a whole lot of added challenges when you're putting uh, mechanical and electrical components into a marine environment, saltwater especially. And, um, but everything's, I mean, I'm not the engineer, um, but that's why we have very smart and clever engineers on our team. And they are designing and, and building everything to, to be safe uh, and waterproof and IP, I have appropriate IP ratings. Um, so those just it's, it's an engineering challenge that the guys are, have managed to achieve. And so having done that, which would have been a whole lot of work and a whole lot of development, and then you had a proof of concept, like this, this your own electric jet board that could go so fast... You parked the business and decided to stop. Tell me, tell me what happened and um, and and how that was to make that decision. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting time because once we got the, the yeah the fastest board, we were ready to commercialize it and take it out to the market. Um, we needed to raise capital to be able to do that. And um, when we went out and started talking to investors. Uh, everyone was really impressed that we had managed to pack such an immense amount of power into this tiny little jet board. So the jet board was only 1.6 meters long, um, about um, half a meter 
of sort of 0.4 meters wide. And um, it was just like incredible that you could have that much power inside of it. And so people just kept saying, why don't you put this into boats? This would be great in dinghies and small tenders. Like, well, you should put this into boats. And um, so we went out and started talking to boat builders. And it was very quickly um, obvious that we should be changing tack. The interest from the boat builders was just incredible. Um, they also couldn't believe that we could pack this much power in such a tiny little space. And they said they've got customers asking for electric solutions and they have nothing to offer them. So, um, yeah, it was a really, really difficult decision. Um, and at that time, we were already a team of five plus uh, an investor. And so you can't just magically wake up one day and decide that you're going to completely change your, the direction of your business. You have, to, you have to get everybody on board with the new direction. Um, so that took a, a little bit of time, obviously, and um, you know, researching the market and making sure that it was the right decision. Um, but ultimately, uh, it definitely was the right decision. Talk me through the environmental impact of the status quo of all of these. There must be millions of these um, small, you know, dinghies and tenders, which are the craft that go from a bigger boat uh, into kind of shore and the like. Um, So many boats out there with two-stroke motors or petrol or diesel-powered motors off the back of them. Um, And and what are they all doing at the moment? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, A lot of people don't realize how bad small outboards are. So everyone thinks that two strokes are really bad, but if you go four stroke, it's much better, which is true. Um, But what a lot of people don't realize is that the small four strokes are actually extremely polluting to the environment as well when you compare them to cars. So another way to compare it is one tank of gas in an outboard, a four-stroke 20-horsepower outboard, one tank of gas is the equivalent to driving your car um, for an entire year. So 25 litres of fuel in an outboard is is the same cancer-causing pollution as a year's worth of driving in your car. Get out of it. You mean to to the individual or to the world? to the the emissions that it produces. And you sit right over the top of it going, oh, what a lovely day it is out on the water today. Yeah. In this <laughs> cloud of benzene. And... Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. The fumes and, and, and the noise, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're insidious. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and actually also lawnmowers are another um, thing that, you know, you think of certain things as being very pollutive, um, but then lawnmowers are, are another thing that are, Terrible for, for the world. Mm. But so you've got you've got the situation where there's a lot of people, you know, most people who are sitting on one of these um, small craft with an outboard motor, they love the ocean. Yeah. They love being out on the ocean. They, they, they truly, um, uh, I, I imagine, truly don't want to be hurting it. No, exactly. And um, But part of the problem is that there are, if there's no alternative, what choice do you give people? It's the same as, I'd love to own an electric car, um, but at the moment, it's it's not in my budget, right? So it's the same for most people out there. It's like you've got consumers and people out there that are aware of the impact that they're having. But if there's no alternative, there's just no companies providing alternatives and there's nothing else out there, then you're going to continue to do what you already do. Um, 
is there nothing else out there, Max? So nowhere in the world is anyone kind of trying to electrically solve this problem. No, there's definitely um, there's electric outboards. Um, so so there are other people, um, you know, providing electric solutions um, for small dinghies. Um, but it's just, you know, it's a very, very small percentage when you compare to what people are used to, what's affordable and what, you know, what's ready, readily available. Kia ora, this is Jane and I've got a job alert for you. We're looking for an amazing social media manager for the spin-off and our sister studio, Daylight Creative. The role is based in Auckland and it's full-time. It involves applying social strategy for both brands as well as managing and creating social content. For more information or if you're just ready to go ahead and apply, visit thespinoff.co.nz forward slash social. And I hate to rush you, but you've got to be quick because applications close this Friday, the 12th of March at midday. So off you go and sort out your cover letter. And so you have this tech that you'd made work for the jet board. How did you go about validating that you could work with the boat builders and changing it um, to, to work for these small craft as... Um, it's a really like you know having seen some pictures of it. It's a really beautiful kind of shape, and it looks it looks kind of cool and like um, I don't know like something RoboCop would have, <laughs> like it's <laughs> kind of future and nifty. Yeah, how, how did you go about changing it? Yeah, uh, well, it didn't look like that when we started out. I can uh, assure you of that. <laughs> it looked very different about a year ago uh, when we first started working with the boat builders, and. Um, yeah, so Offshore Cruising Tenders is the first partner that we've chosen to work with. Um, we have a lot of synergies with them, and also their, uh, the type of boat that they have is very suited to our type of system. Um, so they've been amazing to work with, and the system has evolved over the last year to, to end up in its current beautiful form factor that you would see in the photos today. Yeah, how did you do that? And, and you've been working with Callahan along some of those projects, is that right? Yes, yep, that's right. Callahan have been incredibly supportive uh, in a number of different ways and financially and also just the resources and putting us in touch with the right people. Um, yeah, Callahan's been absolutely amazing and supportive. I, don't, I, I can confidently say that we wouldn't be where we are um, today if we hadn't had the support from Callahan. How did you go about accessing that and finding out that it existed? Um, when we first back, moved back to New Zealand, actually, we got a Getting Started grant. Uh, so that was our first introduction to Callahan. And then, um, you know, it helps to build a relationship over time as well. So then when we had the Jetboard business, um, we had a small project grant uh, for that. And then, um, yeah, obviously then that, that didn't go forward and we pivoted to the, to the new idea. And so, um, yeah, we've just been building and developing the relationship with them over time and evolving. And, yeah, they've just, just been incredibly helpful. What stage is the business at now? Um, yeah, we're, we're in a really exciting phase now. So the last year has been um, R&D uh, and just continued development. Um, but we also went through a program last year called Startmate. Um, it's uh, Australia's largest accelerator. And they recently, last year, took on their first cohort of New Zealand companies. And um, Startmate was honestly a, a, a turning point for us, I think. It was um, they really, really pushed us to get out and start selling. And uh, we said, well, we're not ready to sell because we haven't finished developing the product. Um, and they pushed us to do that anyway. So, um, yeah, so as a result, we've, we've started making sales already, which is really exciting. So we're, we're about to deliver our first customer boat um, in the next month or so. And, um, yeah, and we've got quite a few more already uh, in the pipeline. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting. 
That's so cool. And is that to partners who make boats or is that directly to boat owners or what, what's kind of, um, where are you finding your first traction? Sure. And um, that's a really good question as well. So ultimately our plan is to sell only to boat builders um, and have them install the systems in their boats and sell them through their distribution channels. However, uh, because of the stage that we're at right now, and also we want to have a direct connection with our end consumer because, you know, we're, we're putting out these um, early uh, systems. We want to be able to take customer feedback on board and make sure we address any issues and things that come up. So uh, we're actually selling direct to the consumer right now, the ZeroJet OC Tender package. Um, and so that way we can work directly with the end consumer. So that will be the case with, with the offshore cruising tenders for the next 12 months or so. And then, um, but then for any future boat builders that we're working with, we're planning to just sell directly to the boat builders. And will you also have a retail arm so that if someone does have a tender at the moment and every time they go and they feel awful, (laughs) they can swap it out for something? Uh, at the pl- so do you mean retrofitting somebody's yeah, existing yeah, yeah, tender? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that, that, uh, hopefully we can address that at some point in the future, but right now that's not, not um, part of our business model that we're, we're planning to do. What advice would you have for people who, who do, you know, find something and go, wow, there's a problem right here and decide to jump in and solve it? As, um, y- there's a lot of stuff that you would have had to have learned for the first time along the journey so far. Yeah, yeah. I would say just go for it. Uh, it's like with <laughs> with any business, um, it's interesting because if you knew all the challenges that were coming up ahead, you probably wouldn't start. So in one sense, I think it's good to be a little bit naive um, and just to be passionate about the um, path that you're going down. And yeah, it helps to be in an area uh, that the world is you know very focused on at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of people that are very environmentally conscious and very concerned with sustainability. And it's it's no longer just this little, you know, 10% of the population that are thinking about it. I'd say it's the majority of the population now fully agree that we, we need to make changes. So um, if you're considering starting a business that's um, addressing an environmental or sustainable um, aspect, I would say go for it. Um, the other thing is that there's quite a lot of um, funding becoming available. There's a lot of um, private investment funds and also government funds that are that are specifically targeted to helping make a difference in the, the sort of clean tech space. So, yeah, I, w- I would definitely suggest to just jump in and go for it. And how do you go about finding out about those those funds and that support? As it must have been a real journey to kind of um, to go from this idea into having... Uh, a, a product ready to go. Yeah, it was. Um, it's helped. I think that we've been back in New Zealand for five years, and because we worked on the jetboard thing for so long, you know, so much, especially in New Zealand, is around your network and your connections and the people that you know. And the and the longer you've been around, and the more people that you meet and you get introduced to, the more people then that find out about your story and they you know, introduce you to someone else and you find out about something new. So I would say that's the evolution is um, don't be impatient. You know, if you're if you're new to an industry or you're new to jump again, you can't expect everything to happen overnight. It, it does take a while for you to make all those connections and, and to move forward. But there's definitely a lot of resources in New Zealand and um, uh, Scale Up New Zealand is a new site that's, that's on there that's got a lot of um, resources if you're looking for um, different types of investment funds. And what's coming up next for you? It must be, it must be so exciting to have the first 
uh, actual kind of sold and real products about to roll out the door. Yeah, yeah, we're super excited about that. It's a it's a pretty big milestone, and um, yeah, really looking forward to that. It doesn't help that Auckland just went into another seven day lockdown, so that's <laughs> that's put us pushed us back about a week. But um, yeah, that's the the next exciting milestone. Um, we're also gearing up for another capital raise in the next couple of months. Um, so that's exciting. Then we're, we've pretty much outgrown our space already. Um, so we'll be moving into a new workshop and, um, we've got quite a, quite a few customers asking for larger systems. So for five meter and six meter tenders. So we'll likely start addressing that this year, as well as putting into production the current jet pod system that we have for the small three to four meter size boats. And as well as, yeah, we've got quite a few boat builders, uh, lining up to work with us as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, progressing the uh, conversations and working with them as well this year. Do you think that you might ever release the jet board? Uh, it's, yeah, it's not something we're focused on, but there's definitely still, you know, a little s- slice of everyone's heart that uh, would love to get the jet board thing going. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not the focus of our business, um, but it might just be a little hobby project that we do on the side. Um, yeah. Let's see. (laughs) And um, as a kind of last thought, what will success be for you both personally and as a business person with this venture? Sure. Uh, Well, I mean, for us, we want to make a really big impact. And that was a big reason also why we went down this route. So um, our big, hairy, audacious goal is to replace 10,000 outboards within the next five years. And I think if we um, achieve that, that would that would definitely be a huge tick of success. Yeah, and just just the start. Yeah, and just just the start, really. I mean, there's there's hundreds of thousands of outboards out there, and inboards as well. Um, that's the the opportunities are just endless. I mean, the the marine industry is it's a niche, but it's also huge. So there's definitely a whole lot of potential. We we want ZeroJet to be kind of the industry leader. Um, really out there making an impact in as many ways possible. Ah, so cool. Well, I can't wait to see where you take it. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing the story today. That's Bex Rempel, the CEO and co-founder of ZeroJet. Kia ora, thank you. Cool, thank you. Thanks, Simon, for having me on the show. Thank you so much, Tina Tiller, for producing. And thank you very much, everyone, for having us along and listening. Cheers. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. And brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation. From The Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin Off Podcast Network.